0: All right, why don't you turn to Romans chapter 1, please. Romans chapter 1. The message is man is rebellious. You know, everybody thinks that man is good, and we have all these nifty little saints, and And progressively we've come to the place where we actually are believing some pretty dumb things. The new um, green is brown. The new um, 60 is 70 and we really believe these things we keep repeating them the green is always green i'll water and you charge me my lawn's supposed to be green not brown and um uh, the new uh, 60 is not 70 it's only an excuse because you want me to pay taxes 10 more years and all the stuff that's going on in our nation and the world it's pretty startling and um you wouldn't believe any of this um uh, though we knew it about 30, 40 years ago. But never in my wildest dream that I ever believed that I would hear it and see it myself in our nation. And within the church. Romans gives to us here in chapter 1 verse 18 to 32. One of the darkest descriptions of lost man's by his depraved nature. Who lives in sin. The sin is the sin of unbelief. For that reason the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man. We have to understand that God is holy and that um, he has to judge sin. He is so serious about sin that he poured out his wrath on his son as he became our substitute. God couldn't just wink at our sin and say, "I'll forget it. It's not that bad. I'll take care of you. Couldn't do that. Now, sometimes our parents will do that. Sometimes some of your friends will do that. But God can't do that because he's holy. And so let me read this passage. Um, Bear with me, and then uh, we'll uh, go, go through it. Nathan said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their own thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts, to the sound of their own bodies among themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped, and serve the creature rather than the creator which is blessed forevermore amen for this reason god gave them up to violent passions for even the women changed the natural use for that which is against nature likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burning their own lust for one another men with men committing things as shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due And even as they did not like to retain God in their own knowledge, God gave them over to the debased minds to do those things which um, are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, um, um, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, um, evil-mindedness, they are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, bolsters, uh, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice those things are deserving of death, not only do the same thing, but also approve of those who practice them. That's a pretty dark picture as we look at it. Now, we have to come to one of two conclusions. If you don't know Jesus Christ tonight, you have to come to one of two conclusions. Either Paul is absolutely lying and God is wrong. Or this is God's word, and it's actually absolutely God's truth about man. There's only one of the two decisions you can make. You can't excuse it. You can't say, "Well, the Bible's just uh, written by men." Well, you know, there's no other book like the Bible. Nobody has prophecy. Nobody uh, prophesied about a savior. No book is over uh, four thousand years old uh, to an extent um, as it's been written and handed down. No, no book has more manuscript evidence than the Bible. And so if you examine that evidence, uh, we're completely wrong. But here Paul tells us three things about man's sin of unbelief. Man is without excuse for the sin of unbelief. So in other words, he can't justify himself. And you find that 18 to 21. And then man is reaping to his own unbelief, the sin of unbelief. You can't, you can't live in the sin of unbelief and think you, that nothing can happen to you or that you're going to be okay. It's impossible. And thirdly, the man has given up for his sin of unbelief. This is God's conclusion. So the man is without excuse in verse 18 to 21 for his sin of unbelief. Man possesses the truth of God, but he suppresses that truth in unrighteousness. We're told in verse 18. The word suppress simply means to restrain or to press down. In other words, God is saying, this is who I am. This is what I did. And we're saying, no, 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 no. Against what God's revealed. The idea is um, a refusal to acknowledge the truth of God. So man is not ignorant about the truth of God, he just rejects the truth of God. The implication is that they um, possessed a well understanding about God. When Adam and Eve were um, created, they knew who created them and everybody thereafter. But the further they got away from all the way when you get to the Tower of Babel, they're already denying God or competing with God and showing a new way to, to God, right? But they didn't begin like that. They ended like that. And the same with man today. And so they act in opposition to the knowledge and information God has given to them. The crimes of man are twofold. Ungodliness and unrighteousness. Ungodliness is the vertical. My sin against God. Unrighteousness is sin with you or against you. The vertical is the most important. What happens on earth? Cuts me off from God. If I'm right with God, then I have hell for earth. But it only comes through Jesus Christ, as we'll see. Now the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness. Because men suppress that truth. So in other words, if God was uh, was unjust, um, it would be because he is punishing men and women for things that they had no knowledge about. Now, your parents and mine, they chastened us, they punished us. Sometimes they made a mistake. But you know, we got away with murder many more times than they ever made a mistake. Even when they whacked us, we we deserved many, many more, right? But God never makes mistakes like that, and so God holds us responsible if he didn't give us the information or the revelation, then he couldn't hold us responsible. He would be violating his own holiness couldn't be now the rejection um, by man. Is by the, obvious, ev- the ev- obvious evidence of God that's available to him. In 19 through 20, what may be known of God is manifested in them. That's conscience, verse 19. When you and I were first little kids and we started, you know, messing around in the neighborhood there and everything else, we, we we knew right from wrong. In fact, before you even got on your tricycle, before you even got in the front front yard, you knew right from wrong. Because you were in the living room and you were just starting to move around, toddler, and you went to go up to a table and you're going like that and, and you touched a little crystal glass thing and your mom goes, no, 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 and you go. And she goes, no, and you go. And then she turned around and you went like this. You looked at her and you went. Even that little toddler, conscience, who gave it to him? Now because we us our conscience so much and we do evil things, then pretty soon it's like water off a duck's back doesn't bother me anymore. I used to think I was evil, but now I'm mature. Now I'm adult. Really? You know, your hands um, and your skin have senses that you can feel things. If you get burned or you scar them, you lose your ability to sense things. That's what happens with sin. It scars you. So what used to bother you because your conscience worked right according to God, now it doesn't bother you because you've calloused and destroyed the ability to sense the wrong. That's a willful choice. The word manifest there in verse 19 means to make evident, apparent. So from conscience, we are without excuse. Man's conscience is not sufficient to save him, but it's enough to tell him that there's a God and that God created him. So therefore, we're busted. One of these days, you guys uh, who are not married, the majority of you, you're going to be parents. And when you go discipline your son or daughter, and they say, I didn't know, you're going to hit them harder, because you know that they know. They just added insult to injury. You brought them up. You've taught them, right? It doesn't go. Well, being, may be known of God is made visible in creation. Look at the end of, 20, the end of 19 in verse 20. The word shown again means to make visible. Physical creation. From creation, we're without excuse. So from conscience, we're busted. From creation, how many of you ever go camping and you lay out there, man? Not, not here in the city because the lights blur everything out. You can't see the stars. But you get out in the desert, no lights or that. And you look up and the, 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 the heavens look like they're cracked. And and what's the first thing that comes into your mind as you're laying there on your sleeping bag? That's an amazing product from an explosion. No, you don't think that. You say, I wonder who made all this. Mountains, the ocean, the planets. That's the most natural question. If you say, this is an amazing thing from evolution. You've been taught that. You have to be corrupted to think that you evolved. When you haven't been corrupted, the only conclusion you can think is, there has to be a God. That's natural. Man is without excuse about the knowledge he possesses about God. He knew the truth from him. He denies the evidence. He rejects conscience. He rejects creation. The verdict, man is guilty. And yet God loves man. That's why he sent his son to die for you and for myself. And that um, that place that Jesus took on the cross, um, I deserve to be there. So he took my place. He became sin for me who knew no sin, that I might become the righteousness of God in him. Second Corinthians 5.21 this is the love of God, but he's honored, he honors his love by his holiness. There was a real payment that had to take place. God couldn't wink at sin. Uh, today's uh, philosophy of dysfunctionalism is uh, equivalent to the people, what they were saying in the days of Jeremiah, that said our parents have eaten sour grapes and our teeth are on edge. It's not our fault, it's our parents. No, it's your fault. <laughs> Nothing new. We come up with little phrases. I grew up in the 60s, you know, different strokes for different folks. Try, you like it, do your own thing, all this kind of stuff. And then you go by 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you realize you're just as dumb as the previous generation. And God still holds you guilty and accountable. See, everybody has a big mouth down here. Nobody has a big mouth in heaven. And so all three, creation, conscience, and history, point to our guilt. Man is without excuse. And yet God is still attempting to save lost sinners. But there is a line out there that once we cross it, God and all his love can do nothing. We get into greater darkness. Um, God saves us by special revelation, the gospel. Not by creation. Creation tells you there's a creator. Conscience tells you there's a creator. There's right and wrong. History tells you that a creator who's a savior came, but it's through the preaching of the gospel that you find out how much he loves you. And he doesn't want you to perish. It's the good news. And so man is without excuse for his sin of unbelief. Man can never say, I didn't know. There's not enough evidence. Uh Uh-uh. But secondly, look at 21 at the end all the way to 23. Man is... um, Reaping to his sin of unbelief. In uh, 21, man became futile in his thoughts and the results of rejection. Denying and acting contrary to the knowledge that God possesses. That that brings problems to our life. When you know to do right and you do wrong, that brings problems to your psyche, to your mind, to your nerves, to your everything. Because you're creating the image of God. The word futile means devoid, force. The idea of measuring, not measuring up to. The word thoughts means the thinking of man's uh, deliberate uh, uh, process of his thought life. And so it's a decision that's being made. And, and, and the further we think in this, this, this jointed, deviating way, the further out we get, the further off we get away from God and the truth of God. And we replace the truth of God by the lies of man. Man's heart, we're darkened. To a greater degree, look at 21 there. As a result of the rejecting, denying, and acting contrary to the knowledge of God. So when you deny the light that you possess, you're moving into darkness. You're replacing it with darkness. The word foolish means unintelligent, without understanding, void of spiritual discernment. Now, if you're not born again tonight, you're spiritually dead and trespasses and sins. But by hearing the gospel, God in his mercy allows you to understand that he can save you. And that your sin separates you from God. And that if you will repent. He will forgive you. He will save you. He will bury your sins in the deepest ocean. That's what the gospel says. In spite of our rebellion. So he gives the means by which to come to God. By the vehicle of the gospel. The heart is cardio. The seat of intellect, emotion, and will. You see. We're creating the image of God. But in our fallen state. Our intellect is rebellious against God. Our will is our own. And our emotions lead us in our decisions for the most part. Because we live for ourselves. For what feels good. What I think is best for me. But usually I make the wrong choices because I make a decision apart from God's word. And so sin deceives me. The world deceives me. My desires deceive me. More so today because we are an amoral society. There is no right or wrong, they say. We'll get to this as we move along. So the outcome in reality was that they became fools, notice that. To be silly, get our word moron from it. That's the word. And when you have all the evidence of God and you reject it, that's exactly what you become you'll feel the same as a parent when your children deny what you've taught them and try to justify themselves. And so men changed the glory of God into the image of corruption. They changed, caused one thing to cease for another, to take place. They rejected the invisible and incorruptible God, and they made visible and corruptible one's image. So they degraded the nature of God. They degraded man's created order. The list is in a descending order as you look upon it, as you read it. They went from monotheism to polytheism. Now, those of you who are in college, your anthropological studies and all, will tell you that the world began with many gods and they worked themselves down to one God, Christianity. No, the world began with the knowledge of one God and they corrupted and went out to many gods. Just the reverse, you see? It's just that simple. Sowing and reaping is on every level. You start getting drunk and drinking. It's not a disease, by the way. I hate to break your heart. You keep drinking, one day you will have a disease, cirrhosis or many other things. But drinking is not a disease. It's a dumb habit through dumb choices. Drug addiction is not a disease. You choose to shoot up, to snort, to blow joint, whatever. And then you may have consequences after the fact that may become diseases to you. But it's not a disease in of itself. And so it's kind of like the professional saying the new green is brown. The new 60 is 70. Like our president said, you can keep your doctor. You can keep your plan. You'll, it'll save you money. Wow. Pretty shocking, isn't it? The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Wow. Man is um, reaping to his sin of unbelief. It's progressive, but it's downward. Progressive means that the agenda of deception is just being pushed further and further and further, but it's never upward. It's always downward. Always. Notice in 24 to 32, the man has given up for a sin of unbelief this is God's revelation this isn't Paul being bitter he's not angry he's not saying you guys aren't listening to me I'm going to give it to you no this is God's revelation 24 and 25 God gave man up to uncleanness to the lust of their hearts and uh, the phrase giving them up means to give into the hands of another into one's own power you see we think we can handle our own life we're the least capable of handling our own lives as fallen men and women We make bad choices and wrong choices. And, of course, we always blame others because, of course, we're better than others, right? It wasn't my fault, but the truth is it was. The power of uncleanness, which is um, impurity or uh, lustfulness, the source of the cravings in the heart, is banned due to man's depravity, as Jeremiah 17.9 says. Uh, Our heart is deceitful, desperately wicked above all things. And the consequences are due to God's wrath. They dishonor their own bodies, as it says right here, exchanging the truth of God for the lie. Four times it is mentioned that they changed God's intended design. Verse 23, 25, 26, 27. Now this is God's word. This is not Paul writing what he believes. They worship the creature rather than the creator which is blessed forevermore. An idol is nothing. Having eyes, they cannot see. Having hands, they can't handle. Having feet, they can't walk. So those that worship them become just like them. Blind, deaf, and crippled to the things of God. Now, this is the progressive decision getting harder and harder. And God at a point gives people up to these things because that's what they want. It's kind of like... um. You know, parent who is dealing with a son or a daughter who perhaps is in real deep trouble, whether it be with alcohol, drugs, or whatever it may be. And they try and they do everything they can. They come to a point where they cannot do anything for them anymore because they just destroy everything. And they have to just release them. That's hard. But the destruction that is brought upon the parents and other children in society is so costly. Now today, the, con- the accusation and the guilt is on the parents, right? So we have all kinds of programs of uh, intervention. Listen, until you know you have a problem and that you want help, nothing's going to help you. Nothing at all. When you acknowledge that you're a druggie or you're an alky or that you're at fault, You'll just spin it. You'll switch the tables. You'll take the help while you can, when you need it, and when you're on your feet, you'll be right back to your thing all over again. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can transform your heart and allow you to see your depravity, your lostness, your guilt, your shame, and that His death paid for it all and that He can make you new. God gave them up, look at 26 and 27, to vile passions. The phrase vile passion describes more than mere evil lust, but a a, a deceased condition that is ungoverned or out of control. It's just destructive. Women, literally females, exchange the natural sexual design for other women. And the men also. That means that there are absolute purposes and design within God's creation. Men are men and women are women. God doesn't make mistakes. I mean, have you ever confused a fork for a spoon? Have, have, has now through time a spoon become a fork? You don't want to hurt the, the, the spoon's feelings, so you say, okay, you're a fork. See, we believe the lie of men. Because it comes with a great price if you disagree with men. It begins innocent. It ends up real costly by pressure, by intimidation, by legislation, by indoctrination. So that you are made to feel and to be labeled as the bad guy because you have a conscience, you have a moral base. You ever heard of a woman fathering a child? Or a man having a baby? It'll never happen. It's contrary to nature. And so here men and women corrupt everything which degrades the creation of God. And verse 20 to 31 says that God gave them up to debase and reprobate minds. This is a progressive state that gets there. Vile affections, reprobate minds is the last two. Unclean thoughts is the first one. It's a downward spiral. As you know, I don't have to tell you, you young people have been corrupted. And been exposed to more depravity than I ever was, even in the (laughs) mid-60s, at an earlier age. And the choices you have to make is, is this really natural, is this really the right thing, or is it wrong? And God will show you, if you seek Him, even as the gospel goes out tonight. They refuse to retain God in their own knowledge, rejecting it. And so God gives them over to these vile affections that are not natural. But they're corrupted, twisted. And so therefore, you have all kinds of pressure and you even have now the Christian community moving into this. And many a Christian artist now, let's not, let me me retract that, not many. Some Christian artists are now professing to be quote, 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 gay. When I grew up gay was happy. I don't think they're very happy. And professing themselves still to be Christian, I reject that. They are wrong. And they're embracing the worldly philosophy and trying to bring it into the church. God does not make mistakes. There's a distinction between a man and a woman. He created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I'm not trying to be funny. I am dead serious. So you as young people have to make a decision. And those of you who don't know Christ, if you keep progressing down this line, you will end up rebelling against God to crossing that point that He may give you up. Now God is merciful. God is holy. God is love. So if I end up in hell, it isn't going to be God's fault. It's going to be mine. It isn't going to be God's choice. It's going to be mine. God is just a judge. He gives the verdict based on my decisions, my actions, whether I agree with Him or reject Him. So every person in hell tonight knows exactly that they are there because of their own choice, not because God predestined them to go to hell. There's no such truth in the Bible at all. Nobody ends up in hell or in heaven by accident, It's by decisions. And so we have plenty of evidence throughout history, Sodom and Gomorrah, what God thinks about such lifestyles. So we come into a society that says judgment is wrong. The first thing people say is don't judge me. Why not? Don't you make judgments the minute you get up? Your alarm goes off. You say, oh, that terrible clock. It's making the judgments. Tell me it's time to get up. Get in your car. You drive down the street and there's a red light. He says, oh, that's wrong. It's judgment. Tell me to stop. I don't need to stop. I don't want to stop. How far, how long do you think you'll be driving? You're going to balance your checkbook? Today you say a one's a 10 for you, and a 10's the one for the bank. It's subjectivism. So we've moved away from objective truth, destroying society, denying God, when we have all the information to the contrary. So really, is God unjust or are we ungodly? I suggest you that we're ungodly. And the wrath of God is very justified and poured out even today. It's revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. We just don't always know when God strikes people, right? But He is. Romans 1 tells me that. And so I don't know where you're tonight. If you don't know Jesus Christ, then God has brought you here to repent of your sins, to realize how lost you are. But also that God loves you. That's the flip side of it. He doesn't want you to perish. He wants you to see your lostness and how great His love is for you. That regardless of what has happened, regardless of the choices you have made, that He can forgive you and make you whiter than snow and that He can make you a son or daughter and set your feet on solid ground and begin to transform your life from day to day, from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. This is the offer He gives to you. Now, He does not force you. For God to force you to love Him would be unrighteous. He'll never do that. He'll express His love to you. He'll tell you how much He loved you and then He'll say, I can prove how much I love you. Look at the cross. I killed my son in your place. And then He asks you, do you want my love? Or are you so in love with the world and yourself that you're willing to spend all eternity separated from me? The choice is yours. Wow. No pressure. Just a decision to make. The most important decision that you'll ever make in your life apart from marriage on this side of heaven. You make a decision toward Christ, it's a marriage. For all eternity. Make a decision to marry somebody, ooh, you better think twice. That, that person's gonna affect you for the rest of your life here on earth. Either you're gonna be happy or not so happy. One of the two. It's gonna be your choice. Though we like to blame the other person, it's gonna be your choice. No one else. Let me suggest to you that the most important one right now is before you. Jesus Christ whether you believe what he says about you that you're lost dead in trespasses and sins and that he loves you so much that he's willing to forgive you and make you one with him by grace through faith Father thank you for your grace and love your goodness we pray Lord for your grace now just the Holy Spirit to deal with our hearts and Lord for those that perhaps are here or over the internet that don't know you the Lord they would call on your name As you're praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, you have to make a decision. Do you want to be born again? It's a simple prayer of repentance. This is your prayer. You can pray right now, right where you sit. And by grace through faith, He's going to forgive you and make you a child of God over the internet this is your prayer to the Lord and he's going to forgive you right now Father I come to you in Jesus name I ask you to forgive me Lord for all my sins give me a brand new heart fill me with your spirit I accept you as my Savior and Lord